2: Hello, and welcome back to the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. My name is Tom Z, joined as always by Tim, who is not always joined by me. I don't know how to phrase this. He let They let me back, everybody. Tim, what's up, buddy?
3: The boys are back in town. I, you know, changed all of Tom's passwords so he couldn't get into... <laughs> I just, I'm kidding. I have no idea how to produce a podcast. It's, it's crazy that this has worked as well as it has without just, like, clear gaffes in editing, so... uh these are the best pods. People are asking for these pods. I've been wanting these pods. So we're getting like a calendar together so we can get on the same page because we're not in the same time zone. We both have jobs with different schedules. So like we're going to make it happen, Tom. You know, we're not- Tim's
2: Tim's just covering for the fact that he has straight up botched several schedules because he can't convert time zones.
3: <laughs> Can I talk to you about three of my biggest weaknesses? I'm gonna, I'm gonna open up. One of my biggest weaknesses is I suck at like dapping people up. I always try to do the wrong thing. Like they're always they're always going for something. I'm going for something else. It it, it gets ugly sometimes. Second thing, I screw up, and you guys probably know this. I don't know if you've picked up on this. I mess up sayings all the time. I'll like <laughs> combine sayings that don't that that don't make sense. Um, so keep an eye out for that. I do that. I feel like all the time on the podcast. Just like that. And then dad. the third thing is I suck at <laughs> I suck at time zones. Like I have lived in the same time zone for over a year, and I continue to, when scheduling pods with Tom and other people, uh like screw up the time zone conversions, even though it's the same thing every single time so I I apologize. I am a flawed human, (laughs) and those are my (laughs) biggest flaws, I think.
2: (laughs) Well, you have, to your credit, been churning out podcast after podcast. I opened my feed the other day. It's like three out of the five top podcasts were ours, and I didn't do any of them. And I was like, oh, good job, Tim, but also what? Uh, No, but I've not had a chance to react. I've not had a chance to listen to all of your pods, but I did listen to that pod with you and Yovan, though, talk about the team for, you know, 45 minutes. So that was fun to get his perspective, you know, him going to practices and all that, um, asking great questions. So I mostly agreed with a lot of what you guys were going over, but you know, we're going to keep this pod loose. We're going to talk kind of about our worry levels. I guess you would say with some of the, you know, recent developments with THT and Ariza, um, definitely changes the makeup of this wing, uh, rotation. And, It could be very bad. I was watching some more film today just to get, I totally watched like all of these games out of order because I've been busy (laughs) as well. Like I seriously probably watched like game one, game four, game five, game two and three. It's so my context is kind of messed up and I'm uh, so I went back and watched some of the individual players. Um, First one I kind of wanted to shout out was uh, Kendrick Nunn looking just like he's, fitting out a little bit to me and yes it's rough it's preseason this is when they're just throwing stuff at the wall just play your game and you see monk feel comfortable with that getting the shots he's used to you see ellington missing the shots he's used to (laughs) to getting you know and there's Mm -hmm. kind of mellow of course looking like mellow getting his shots on the wings and and spot up threes None to me is a mixed bag. There's moments where he's at a great, you know, reject the screen. Uh, I think he has really good uh, pick and roll chemistry with Dwight. And he'll get to the rim, make a really tough finish. Um, And then there are some plays where I'm like, oh, that's kind of a quick shot that, 17 on the shot clock that I don't think was the shot. It's just kind of I haven't shot in a while shot and I have a little bit of space. So here's this 26 footer Um, and the threes have been okay. You know, it just, he's not, I I don't know, maybe it's just the nature of his game and the fact that he's playing in all these crazy different iterations of the rotations. Um, But he's looking a bit to me like someone who's fitting out instead of fitting in with kind of, the comfortability of their game so far what do you think about his game so far
3: that's a really good take his game and we've seen at times like if he's going to do something when there's just nothing going on it's going to be he's going to run a ball screen and probably take a shot He he's not reading the floor perfectly he's not a point guard caliber playmaker but when his shots fall like he's he's able to hit those pull-up mid-range shots he's not quite as much the pull-up three-point shooter but when the defense is you know doing the the right thing to give him what he wants to do. He's he's good at it, and he's gotten to the rim a couple times. So I like some of what I'm seeing from him. I noticed that, and I noticed this, I guess, more watching the games in order, when the team was running sets and stuff, and he was part of the offense when when there was some organization, he executed pretty well, and he was able to find shots that way or find things as a playmaker that way when it was just like, there was a game, I think game four, where the team just didn't really do much from a set play standpoint. Um, Actually, I don't know if he, was he in that game? He hasn't, he's missed a couple games. He missed the last game. Okay, there was one he was playing, I don't remember which game, where there wasn't as much happening with an organization, from an organization standpoint, so he just kind of disappeared a little bit, where I just didn't notice him. I was like, oh shit, he is on the court, he just hasn't done anything. Or when he did do something, it was almost him, like, wanting to put something on the box score because he hadn't done anything in a bit. So as the rotation solidifies a bit and as his role becomes more consistent and the scheme becomes more consistent, I think we'll see a better version of him. But right now with everything jumping around, it hasn't been great. It hasn't been awful, but it hasn't been what you'd want for the guy that you're spending like what the fifth most money on this roster for. Um, And and I do think that's something that will benefit him is he's going to have chances because this team's invested in him. They really like him. So he's going to get a shot. He's just – I want to see how things look with – more stable landscape but to some other guys credit they've stepped up and performed well in that ambiguity and and none hasn't been one of those guys
2: and i'm not really bringing it up because i'm worried about it i'm just kind of pointing it out this is kind of what i expected at least early in the season with uh by the way i'm feeling real good about my rondo 1000 minutes call because I know, yeah, even though it's just the preseason we're getting we're getting rondo russ minutes we're getting rondo Nunn minutes you're getting rondo ellington minutes you're getting everything uh under the sun with some of these guys missing time already Uh, And Monk was out last night as well. But, you know, Rondo is just going to find his way under the court at the one with maybe someone like Nunn or or Monk next to them because he can set the table and hit Monk, you know, when he's coming off of a curl or, Mm -hmm. you know, set some of these guys up. But it's going to be he ugly. He throws
3: lobs. He, he throws does throw the lobs. lobs, and the big men love that. Yes. The bigs love when you throw the lobs. So that that's going to help him. And, and I know we saw that. We saw the picture of him like cooking breakfast the one day. <laughs> I wonder if he's cooking breakfast every day and just like poisoning the other guards on this roster because like everybody's missing time and it's helping him get some minutes. So you know we'll monitor that situation closely. What would you say, Tom? So you said something about worry levels earlier. Yeah, I'm going to make it a little bit less loose, and you're already frowning about this. And we're going to – you may have heard of DEFCON, the Defense Ready Condition Levels Scale. We're going to introduce today the LEFCON, oh which God. I just right now Googled to make sure wasn't something bad that, that also exists. Um, this isn't the small company in Pennsylvania. This is the Lakers' Expectation of Failure Condition Levels Scale. You know, we as Laker fans with especially with like guys missing shots, like the three point shots going away, there's an expectation that things are going to go downhill. And so with this scale, we're kind of from a one to five, five being, you know, we feel everything's normal. Four is, oh, you know, we're keeping an eye on this. Three is like something's wrong. Not a big deal. Two is like something's very wrong and this needs to be fixed. And one is like uh, it's, you know, nuclear war, war is imminent from a uh, DEF CON standpoint.
2: You know, Tim, you failed to mention at the top of this podcast that one of your strengths is coming up with extremely overworked acronyms for things. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very good skill that you have that Uh, not a lot of people do.
3: They're usually Lakers related.
2: So there's that. You work at it and you have to respect it so the left'scon scale are we doing the no one understands defcon one is worse than defcon five but it d- yeah it's it
3: it's a shitty kind of they should have set that up better right because like five should be the worst but i mean they scale. know
2: that's all that matters you don't okay. need to
3: know is that what we're gonna do what's our scale are we gonna go five the worst or five the, the best sure <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> answer my question
4: <laughs>
2: exactly no it's open to interpretation i think no, okay. let's go Well, five being
3: the least worried, one being <laughs> if, the most worried. What if we didn't define it and we just threw out random values? <laughs> I was kind of no, wanting to do no that. It's, All right. <laughs>
2: it's no uh, No, let's go the regular DEFCON. So DEFCON 1 is... This one's one a, a is... color
3: purple. This one's a number six. <laughs> oh, my God.
2: See, I'm back and we're already getting off track. We can't even talk for 10 minutes about the Lakers. Okay. All right. So the first thing coming up, Tim, probably the most significant the uh tht injury which looks like they said six to eight weeks my guess is january to be perfectly honest i'm not expecting him back anytime soon uh you don't want to mess with those hand ligament injuries that can spread to the wrist and put other strain on you know the other sensitive areas of a very important thing in basketball in your hands so We're not gonna see him anytime soon, and he was expected to carry, I think, a lot of, or have an opportunity to carry a lot of, maybe playmaking, ball handling, second you know, playmaker on the court responsibilities. You know, he looked like THT in the preseason. From what I saw, he looked a lot of the same guy. I don't know if we were expecting fast transformation from him. He's still literally 20 years old. So, with that said, my defcon levels maybe at a 4 with this one. And I think the fact that some of these smaller guard lineups being really active with Baysmore. I've liked what I've seen from Nun. He's never in the perfect position, but he's never too far away. You know what I mean? Like he is undersized, but he's active. He try he you know gets his hands in there. Um he's got a good anticipation on the defensive end to kind of you know, get his hand just as the balls are getting there and tip get a lot of deflections on this defense so far. That's been promising. So I don't know. I think THT was probably going to be given a role he wasn't quite ready for and asked to grow into it. And with that not being the case for the first few months he might have to you know fit in around everyone else when he comes back which i think actually might be a better use of his skill set at this time 20 years old still developing to become how he's gonna look around some of these guys for the long term
3: yeah he there's a lot that i think goes into this like he's young he's a spry young fella and I think he'll return on the shorter end of the time frame. What Jovan shared on the last pod was encouraging and it seemed to hint that he he has heard that it might be on the under six weeks potentially. So we'll we'll see what that looks like. I feel better about him as a twenty-year-old recovering from this compared to if he were thirty or thirty-five or something like that. So that's helpful. He is an important piece of this team and Trevor Ariza going down makes it even more so because We're seeing in recent games even more and more of these like three guard lineups where they're like small guards, and that's a problem. It's an issue for the Lakers defensively when you have Rajon Rondo guarding Cam Johnson. Uh, Like that—that's not that—that shouldn't be how you're running these lineups out there where you've got like point guard, point guard, shooting guard as your one through three, and they're not really imposing dudes. So. With Ariza out, you were going to need some more, like Bazemore is really important at this point. THT was someone I was thinking could play some of that three defensively. Him being out hurts the team. Uh, I also really, you know, I felt offensively a little iffy on how he'd fit in as an off ball guy this year, but from what we've seen the Lakers do schematically with him setting screens off ball for shooters, uh, and then them running plays for him to get downhill on ball, I really liked how they've optimized him so far, so... I think when he is healthy and playing, he's uh, you know, everything's lining up for a pretty good year for him. So he's important. But again, it's earlier the it's early in the year. It's not like the worst thing. This team has plenty of guards. Uh, he, I miss. i think we're gonna miss him more as a wing than as a guard, even though he is a guard. Uh, so I'm gonna say this one is uh, a lime green because it's somewhere in between green and yellow, but it's not quite yellow.
2: Oh my goodness. Move okay. On. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm
3: not accepting questions at this time.
2: <laughs> also very important injuries. Trevor Ariza. I haven't had a chance to be on the pod since this one broke. It looks like he's going to be out for about two months. Um, Just not great when you're, you know, already kind of depleted wing rotation, it gets depleted more. So again, you're going you're gonna to see Mello in there a lot with LeBron at the three, 80 at the five, probably. Um, just because that's what you're going to need. Um, Ellington's looked really bad on defense so far. You know, I mean, it's not good. Guys just go right around him. He doesn't He doesn't have the instincts. He doesn't have the effort level from like a fear of athleticism standpoint. Like he's just not going to be able to out, go out there and, you know, get like high energy stops, deflections, the way he obeys more, the way – you know, none in, I don't know who else, the way THT could, I guess that's, yeah. that's a good point. Um, so the defense could definitely miss those guys and they could come at the start of the season to be like a 15th level defense, just because they're are they don't have the pieces, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Is it is is Siku gonna save us, Tim? So I'm probably at a defcon two with Ariza. Before I even you know knew about the THT injury, I thought the Ariza one was a real big blow.
3: Yeah, I, I think I'd be around there if it weren't coming now. I, I think the fact that he has plenty of time to get back makes me feel okay, big picture. But it definitely is gonna hurt this team short term. Like short term, this is an issue. And the fact that he is not a spry young fella doesn't mm. you know, play into his benefit. This is the type of thing where the Lakers as an older team, which has been talked about a good bit, it's not perhaps that they're going to get injured more often. It's that the recovery of injuries might take longer. And this might be the first example of that where like THT, like I feel pretty good about him getting back and being fine. Ariza, I don't know if I feel as good. Like, I mean, like me playing basketball now versus five years ago – if I get hurt now, I'm, like, out for a bit. Uh, and, and like, these guys certainly have, you know, way more medical attention and everything. But, like, being older makes the recovery process harder. And the fact that he just showed up to camp and, like, they're like, this guy's ankle doesn't work. Like, he can't move well yeah. was an issue, especially for someone who, like, already we were concerned about his ability to, like, deal with speed and, and be on ball. So it's a lot of red flags there. Uh, he's going to be important for this team defensively, even if the on ball isn't great. He, from an IQ and rotation standpoint, is going to be critical to the team defense because this team does not have the on-ball stoppers at the guard position like last year's team did. So someone's going to have to fill those shoes. I don't feel great about Melo doing it. I hope he can step up to the plate, but Ariza's rotational defense is going to be missed. And it's, I don't know, it's it's an issue. So I think, to me, this is a textbook, left con three, uh, exercise term roundhouse. If if you were to Google the DEF CON levels and what their what their code names are, this would this is clearly a textbook roundhouse to me, level three. Cause I think short term it's more two, but long big picture, it's all right. But it's, you know, it's a real issue. And and they've got some, you know, they have to solve some of these problems. But it's not the end of the world for this team.
2: Tim, you're also very good at committing to bits. I'll give you Thank that. You. Um Yeah. Lots like eight Google searches later. You're dropping You're dropping stuff no one knows about. Um, Okay, other concerning things on the docket. Russ, Tim, if you had to guess, and you might just know because I know you look at data often, (laughs) what Russ's points per possession is in the preseason, what would it be?
3: Oh, I haven't written that down. I know he's 7 for 28 shooting, has 21 turnovers and 14 assists, but if I had to guess his points per possession, I'm going to guess like .6.
2: No, Incorrect
3: it is higher point or lower 4 oh my god
2: he is what? 20 points in holy, 50 possessions
3: holy shit that's so <laughs> that's so bad that's like insanely bad that's not like you won't find a player that finishes the regular season at that poor hey, level cuz second no percentile
2: man holy shit so get fucked first percentile <laughs> um it has oh been man. bad and it has looked bad um, there are maybe a handful of oh, that was a nice you know lob, but they just didn't go right or and if I'm being honest with the turnovers I was rewatching some of his plays today, I do think a small portion, maybe twenty percent have been good that the guys receiving the pass didn't know Russ could make that kind of pass or people could or are not used to getting these kinds of weird angle timing pass like the Kobe, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go 80% into a shooting motion and then fire it down when that actually has space if Anthony Davis rolled and at least was somewhat aware of that coming, because Russ does that. That's not like he just started doing that, right? That Russ gets crazy angle assists. He's a great playmaker, but there is definitely a learning curve to understanding when you can expect a pass from Russ because it's always every moment he has the ball, you should be expecting a pass from Russ. And there are like a small portion of those turnovers that are good turnovers, I would say, that I think they'll work out. You know, when Russ is like, hey, if you would have done this, like you have a dunk. Uh, and I saw it, but some of his turnovers are definitely like being saying it's unselfish. is kind of generous, <laughs> but he's not. Yeah,
3: that's that's <laughs> some spin zone
2: but but he's not there's definitely a couple plays where he has an advantage that old Russ would have gotten to the rim on and mm-hmm. finished through yep. contact that he's not forcing at the rim so there's some, you know a portion of those and i would say about 50% of them are just really bad like throws the ball between two guys that i there's just no excuse for
3: so yes. I'm I'm around there. I think some of it is he is expecting people to be places where they're not. And it's like the accuracy of the pass is bad in that he wanted it to go somewhere and it didn't. It's that he isn't aware of where guys are, which is, you know, you can chalk some of that up to chemistry. He's throwing some lobs that none of these guys on this roster are catching. He's throwing like he's throwing cri- like like Damian Jones isn't catching some of these logs. Lobs, you're gonna need like Olympic like high jump well, not high jumpers because they jump backwards. He- Olympic pole vaulters basically to catch these laps
2: (laughs) he threw an entry pass to anthony davis in semi transition that like actually went into like the third
3: row yeah i saw that one that was like
2: the apex over (laughs) anthony davis was like 20 feet over in the air and ad just like kind of like looked at him
3: Yeah,
2: but again that's not good right but there's a universe where that gets dialed in some of these hit ahead passes you see one two three up the court and all of a sudden you're at the team other at your free throw line is, you know, that's partly from Russ grabbing that rebound, firing Mm -hmm. stuff up. And there's some excitement in that, but overall it's been very sloppy, messy. And I don't know, DEFCON level. I'm not really worried. It's like, I'm maybe at a three now instead of a, a four.
3: Yeah. He, I think you were, you're onto something when you talk about it's not unselfishness. It's that like, he just doesn't have an advantage on some of these plays. Like he's, there are times where he's going one V one, whether it be in transition or super early in the shot clock or just in the half court where he'll drive on his guy and he's going to jump, he'll jump. He doesn't keep his dribble alive. He's going to jump. And then he doesn't have an advantage. He didn't like, he didn't beat his guy. So there's no second man coming. So he's looking at four teammates, possibly even less, cause he's moving with a bunch of speed. So his he like the realistic number of guys he can pass to is limited. And their defenders are standing right there because they didn't need to rotate. And that's getting him in a bunch of trouble. And like we've had to see some like some of these kickouts that aren't getting picked off. He's having to like throw like jump balls, basically. Like football style, like just try to get it up there and hope LeBron can high point this pass. Um just to like get the ball out. So it's more like Desperation resets than they are. Read the defense kickouts. So that's that's concerning. That's some of it. Some a big piece of it is his ball screens aren't generating an advantage because he and AD a lot of times aren't like there's there isn't contact made between his man and the screen. And part of that's AD. Part of that is Russ not waiting for AD to get set before going because he, it just like like old Russ maybe could have created that advantage, but when he's going off the screen, but there is no screen. His man's right there. 80s rolling, but 80s man didn't have to hedge because there was no contact. So 80s covered and he reads, Oh, the roll man's on open. So he tries to make the skip pass, but the skip pass is defended too. So it's just a lot of, I don't know. Some of it's not reading the defense well, but I think a big piece of it for any playmakers, you have to compromise the defense somewhere first. If there's no rotation, nobody's open. And that has to, has to change. So I'm at, oh man, I'm not too worried. Like it's super early, yeah. but it, it's not the numbers that scare me. It's like how it looks. Uh, I'm at like the emoji where the f- the the like frown smile is kind of like halfway where it's it's not quite flat. It's not both sides shaped down, but it's a little slanted.
2: Okay, you're also bad at describing emojis, so just move on.
3: You know who's uh, dead last in uh, preseason efficiency? (laughs) Who? Uh, Joel Ayayi.
1: He's at like like,
3: .16 or something like that, points per possession. .167. He's one for 10 with some turnovers. It's been a little rough. 12 possessions. Super, super small sample, but you get crazy numbers on small samples.
2: Yeah, uh, no, he he doesn't look good. Really going back to summer league, um, it you know might be worth reevaluating. I and mean, we'll talk some about the other you know end of the roster guys who probably will make their way to the G League for most of the season. You know maybe after the break, but just to expand a little, last point on Russ. I mean, I do think what we were expecting in the intensity, the physicality, combined with LeBron and Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard will beat the shit out of teams. There's an expression that Dave Dufour, you know, caught me onto when he started describing the the bubble Lakers. They just grind you down and it is ugly, but it's going to be a fast paced rock fight. They're going to shoot a lot poorly. They're going to, you know what I mean? If they can defensive rebound, they'll get into transition better. Yep. You know, their rebounding has been pretty bad. I don't expect that to, like, really maintain with AD and LeBron playing a full complement of minutes And Russ. And Russ. And Russ. And Russ. But it has been bad. Uh, so that's limited their transition opportunities. But they are going to shoot, like, throw rocks at you until you say, please stop and foul the shit out of them. Lakers are also going to foul a ton uh, with Melo, with with Dwight. You know, yep. these guys are going to foul the shit out of especially the second unit guys. Yep. But they're
3: going to be in position to because because the point of attack defenders are, are going beat at times. So there yeah. will be collisions.
2: <laughs> yeah. And there
3: will be this, some cool blocks, but there, yes, there's going to be pressure on the rim.
2: No, this is the identity of the team. It's for every, you know, 18 foot pull up from Russ he's going to either make a crazy hit ahead it's just really fast and and you know 20 percent faster than every other player just in terms of the read the and that will make them a bottom three turnover team again just like last season but i think the benefits will be better i'm hoping i'm hoping Mm -hmm. that's kind of the trade-off is the strength that you have makes you stronger and the way you can grind teams down if you can keep it maintain it postseason it's another problem where you have to solve you know but you have an identity of playing defense that we saw how that can carry you through the playoffs and even when you don't shoot very well but i did see uh you know the lakers are shooting more threes as a percentage of their shots now it's hard to determine whether that's just lebron and now them not playing all those minutes and it being monk and ellington jacking up more threes because that's what they do but it's promising. I think they're not shooting well, but they're shooting. And it looks I better. feel good about it.
3: It's they're gonna get a lot of threes up. There there were times where like LeBron's spoon feeding guys, corner threes. Like Melo's gonna get a bunch of corner threes, Baseball's gonna get a bunch of corner. Threes. Yeah. Like Allen's, like there will be I and, feel um, comfortable about that. The Rust stuff I think is gonna get cleaned up and he'll be okay. And if he's playing anywhere close to what we think he can do, this I think the offense is gonna be okay. Um, the The caliber of shooters they brought in and the spacing we've seen so far has mostly been good, but it's just so tough to say, because there, there are times it looks awful. You've got, I mean, AD's going to have to play more power forward now with Ariza out, so it's, the the spacing we see the first month of the season won't be hopefully what it looks like later on in the year. Uh, though We also may see a little bit less DeAndre Jordan because he hasn't played well, and maybe AD does play more five, and the Lakers just end up smaller, so I don't know. Lots, lots of team has to figure out, but I'm I'm optimistic. I don't feel awful about it.
2: No, I don't feel awful about it. Um, I just wanted to point out that that is relevant. Also, LOL Mavs, right? Um, <laughs> they're, they're at, th- at th- the bottom.
3: Yeah, yeah. The, 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 <laughs> they're the, shooting like 50% the of their threes. <laughs> yeah, their threes have dropped substantially, which is going to be pain. so fun to watch. This is like, it's like, uh, when Luke Walton took over the Kings, like right after they were like a super frisky team and people are like, oh, yeah, these guys are rising. Don't give me
2: Laker schadenfreude. I don't want to. I hate then, Jason Kidd as much as the next guy. but
3: Take the under. <laughs>
2: it's a little betting advice from Tim. Uh, Tim, let's take a quick break. It will come back and finish out some of the topics about the preseason that starting to worry us or not. Maybe they roundhouse us. We'll be right back.
4: you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: All right, back from break. Lakers have had a couple of of at-the-end-of-the-roster moves. They cut Max McClung. Mac McClung? I can never say that nerd's name right um and siku dumboya randomly traded for and then cut or just just cut um i don't know he's a another second draft guy that you lakers got for free so with that said tim he is a large human he's six eight like 240 this is a large human
3: mm-hmm
2: um, but Siku Dumboya is the newest addition of the Los Angeles Lakers. How do you feel about that?
3: I genuinely don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't know what the thought process was with this one. He's, he was available for a reason. He's been moved around a couple of times for a reason. Uh, did I, I just looking, I didn't really watch all that much film yet. I'm going to go through some film he doesn't none of like none of the numbers look good it's like he was bad in every single area somehow for two full years uh he didn't, i mean he didn't play all that much but like it's he's done like we, we'll talk sometimes about how like all oh, this guy is you know this level of talent or this level of impact for their age is so impressive he's like the opposite direction where it's like even for his age he's really really poor um so he i i really don't know i i'm I'm shrugging at this one cuz I'm not sure what the idea is here. They they just truly need to help this guy put it together and and take some leaps in development and maybe that's how they see him is like this is a project we're going to keep him and and just try to get something out of him so maybe he okay. can contribute next season. I don't know Tom. I don't like it and I I was hoping Shondee Brown would get the second spot
2: shangy brown is like pure chaos whenever he's in and i love it i love that guy so i want to see him play with like russ and rondo and like they'll give up a thousand points but they will just like chaos you to layups and bricked mid midrangers okay but siku isn't it like tim you're just like over here like okay you see that lump of clay i could make that into anything right but Tim's over here, like that lump of clay, sucks.
3: See these forty-seven s on his player clay. profile. <laughs> that, that this is. This okay. could be anything. he's twenty years old
2: again. That like the player that some of these guys are at twenty sometimes is the player they can't put it together. Whatever, it's a two-way spot. He he usurped Mac McClung. Like, okay, congrats. I'm happy with that. Mac McClung's not an NBA player. Have Mm -hmm. fun on the South Bay Lakers. Make your money. No judgments. You're not an NBA player. I'm sorry. It's just not how it works. It's just not likely. If you get there, congratulations. You put a lot of work in. You deserve all the praise and and the bag. Uh, Siku, Tim, she's just a a big human, a big lump of clay. So if you need to go tell that lump of clay to stand in someone's way, he's there. Right now, we don't have a whole lot of <laughs> bodies so, right, right. like that size. So I, I he's understand. a human who exists.
3: It's just like and anything, is on our tape. I don't know. The, if you want hope with him, look at his G League numbers. He he's a stretch big offensively, and as a pick and pop guy or just a spot up guy, he was hitting like thirty five percent of his threes. I think in the G League, in the NBA, it's like twenty eight percent or something bad. Uh, but if I don't know if he's like the one stretch five this roster can have or he's more power forward really i don't know the the, i think the hope with him is maybe he can be a pick and pop guy that can be active on the offensive glass and then defensively he's a body he's he hasn't been a good shot blocker but maybe he can learn some things from from dwight and deandre and ad and he's he's fairly versatile defensively he's been a very switchable guy it hasn't fared all the best but the fact that teams are willing to put him in those situations, I think, means something. So there's some pieces here. It's just right now, this year, it doesn't look like he's going to be a close to a positive impact NBA player. Um, yeah, and that's okay. Well, it's the two way right. spot. This is a low impact right. thing. I just want to see Shaundi Brown play because I like him and he's a good three and D guy. That the teams are missing wings right now with with THT yeah. out with the out, Like they could use a dude who's kind of like a three four four three. And Brown, I see as being able to do that, and I trust his shooting a bit more than uh, Siku's.
2: So the other guy we haven't talked about a ton is Austin Reeves, who has looked awesome. Um, you know, definitely still raw and, you know, fouls a lot as well. But that's part of the active defense he plays. He's he's always changing his feet. He's always, you know what I mean, like active but not too reactive uh, mm-hmm. in a bad way. Yeah, he's so- disruptive. He's been disruptive efforts there. He's actually got like an NBA body in there once he, I think, puts on a little bit of muscle. So that's all looked really awesome to see. Um, he's he's gotten the praise from guys like Rondo in these interviews, listening to you and Yovan. Um, so he's looking great. So for context, he got moved up to a full-time contract
3: and uh, I screwed up on a couple pods ago on the Shawnee Brown pod, I screwed up the contract situation. Reeves does mm -hmm. have a real spot. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He has a real spot. And then it's Ayayi who has one two A and now uh Dumboya. So I wouldn't be opposed to cutting away Ayayi. It's not my money. Again, he has not shown me much in either Summer League or you know, and depending on how you wanna use those spots, that could be okay. You could let him mostly be – or entirely be a G League player. But if there is someone else who could actually help the team on a night-to-night basis, at least early on, I think Chandi is a much better choice.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so. if, if you're in a position with the with the current injuries as they are, if you want to play 80 at center, and that means maybe Braun's playing some more power forward. or Like in that 3-4 range, there will be some minutes where if you can just get like five good minutes from a guy – maybe 10 some days like that that's going to be helpful and he's shown that he can move well off the ball he can just catch and shoot open threes defensively he's been mixing it up and and i mean shouldn't put him at the point of attack like the lakers were in their last game but defensively i he's doing a lot of the right things and he's executing well so he's just he's not gonna hurt you in in the way that like it makes me feel comfortable if if you just need five spot minutes or ten spot minutes he can go in there, even if it's not like a regular role.
2: Mm-hmm. OK, so moving on then, Tim, I don't know if there's a worry level there. Are, are you worried Shandy is not going to get to get squeezed? What's your DEFCON? Is it like tortoise?
3: It's tortoise. Yeah, it's pretty low. Uh, he he read my mind like I don't think it's going to matter a bunch. I also think the Lakers are playing more with the upside here with with Siku versus Shandy, even though I think Shandy a better player right now. Um, from like a pedigree standpoint, maybe there's something there we Siku. We'll we'll see how that plays out. I guess what I'm looking for in this situation is for a yai to be replaced by Brown on the the, the other two way spot. I think is what I'm keeping an eye out towards. And if it doesn't happen, if we the Lakers just lose Brown, we're gonna have to see some of these guards like step up and play more wing minutes because Bismar in- can't do it all himself
2: just on use alone it's shandy's getting more minutes like he's (laughs) clearly higher in the pecking order at this point um so you know we'll see what happens there uh let's move on to the lakers offense so in the first couple games you know it was different there's no lebron it was just ad out there with some of the role players I know you were really excited seeing some of the actions. There's a lot of split cuts, you know, actions on both sides of the court. You've got a main pick and roll on the one side and you've got like um, a mellow Ellington kind of down screen or a a nun coming around for AD and he loops across the lane and gets the easy cut to the basket. There was looking good, Tim. But, you know, we had to start getting seven to ten mellow post-ups a game once he started playing.
3: (laughs) Uh-huh. And
2: then you throw in a couple of AD mid-rangers. My God, we're going to shoot a lot of middies this year. Yep. From Monk to Nunn to Russ to LeBron. <laughs> it is going to be midi fadeaway town uh, in Los Angeles. But that said, the offense has started to return to some of their old ways in the iso ball and kind of... Lack of movement, lack of real, you know, advantage creation. Just kind of hoisting shots up with five seconds left because that's the shot we have to take.
3: Tom, distinguished gentlemen can enjoy a good midi. We we you know it's not. It's just a it's, lot of middies. It's Tim. not like 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 some of these people. Uh, you they just know, wanna, I've never been anti midi. They just want to sip their Shirley Temple and have it all be sweet. Sometimes you gotta like <sighs> you know have a nice you know whiskey on the rocks. That's that's this midi game for the. What
2: players. does that mean?
3: And we're gonna we're go also bad at
2: analogies.
3: Have we done a break yet? A break. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm tapping out.
2: <laughs> Tim's oh, mailed did, it in today. We already he's, did the
3: break. Shit. All right, never mind. He's
2: he's he's coasting after you know supporting oh, the whole pod for two weeks. Um, no, I mean it's it hasn't looked good, right? Mm-hmm. But the idea that I, I don't think you were ever saying like Frank Vogel can't. Execute these types of offensive Schemes that I'd like to see that's never Where you were coming from from I think that's just not What they want to do and when LeBron Comes back in when Russ Goes in when the stars are in You're not going to see this movement type offense You're going to see star offense
3: I agree but I Also disagree I think with the guys Back they're going to run more and the more They're in the transition the less Half court they're going to have the less sets we're going to see we're gonna good we're gonna see a good bit of stars being stars and just making something happen or like super super simple sets to just like get ad the ball going downhill we're gonna see some of that we're gonna see some iso we're gonna see some mellow post-ups but in the game that they had yesterday with braun russ and mellow i'm sorry not, not braun russ and Mello. braun russ and ad all on the court at the same time i guess mellow was there too mellow was uh, yeah. I was encouraged. So I think there are three pieces of of the offense to keep an eye out for. So there's the design, like what are they trying to do. There's the execution of like how are they you know screening, how are they coming off the screens. Like are they executing what they're supposed to be doing? And then the result, like does the shot go in or out? And when the execution and the result are stinky, that we it's really really easy to overlook the design, and that's what the first couple games looked like. I think the design for three of the four games, well three of the five games so far, three and a half of the five games so far, I've seen pretty good design. The execution has been majorly lacking and i it's gotten a bit better. But until that clicks into place, so we're not going to see what this could look like. But I love the design. And I think once they are executing well, it's going to really raise the ceiling and the floor of this offense when the stars are on the floor or off the floor. But for now, when they're not executing well, it's its pretty easy to just be like, ah, we don't need to run that play. go make something happen. And we've seen a little bit of that so far. But even when all three guys are on the court at the same time, I was taking notes from yesterday's game. And like there was once where uh, we saw a Russ Braun ball screen to get a switch immediately to start a play. So I love that action. We saw some, uh, we saw a Braun AD pick and roll with Russ sending a pinion flare weak side for Mello. So I mean, we've seen THT set these screens and like Deandre Jordan, Dwight set these screens. They're not sure. Ellington. Ellington's
2: yeah. not terrible either because you well, set that screen and he can leak to the corner real quick because all sure. the attention's going to AD. Like Absolutely. there's some good stuff there too.
3: Yeah. And and I was encouraged to see Russell Westbrook being a willing on ball screen setter and off ball screen setter. Like it's one thing if he's in the ball screen, potentially getting a short roll from Braun. It's another thing when Russ is weak side during a Braun AD ball screen and he's setting screens for Mello or Ellington or some of these other guys to get shots, to get threes. So that, We saw a few times that was exciting. I don't think they ever ended up really like passing to it in that game. So it's easy to not see, but it was happening. And I noticed it not watching live, but on the rewatch. And then there was once where we saw Russ and AD in a ball screen with Bazemore setting a pin and flare screen for LeBron on the weak side. So when Bron's not in the action, is he just standing around? Is he setting screens from the first couple games or from this game? it seems like they're willing to put him in that shooter role and have other players screen for LeBron to to catch and shoot. So mm-hmm. three guys on the court at the same time, they can't all have the ball in their hands at the same time. 80 screening on ball with either Ross setting a screen for a shooter off ball or Bron receiving a screen as a shooter off ball. I like that. And it can come in a bunch of different flavors, but th- utilizing all three of those skill sets at the same time, all three of those players at the same time is – is good and I don't think could have been what we could anticipate given what we saw from this team in the past. And like you said in the beginning, it's not that I, I didn't think Frank Vogel could do these things. It's just that we hadn't seen it before. And mm-hmm. I really do think this is Fisdale or Penberthy, like somebody new, there's, there's someone new either in a larger role or new to the organization that is infusing the team with these ideas because it's just stuff we haven't seen before, which, mm-hmm. which I'm great with. I'm, I'm happy with it. Uh, but the, as the execution gets better, we're gonna notice some of the cool sets more, and I'm gonna continue trying to highlight stuff and just ignore the fact that the team's like not using them or like breaking the shots at the end of the plays because the design is is at a really good level that I'm excited about. And even though the teams, they win. What are they? Oh five or something like that. Now one in one in four.
2: I think they're one. Of, I don't
3: I honestly don't care. Yeah, uh, Tim, the thing is, what's I,
2: your left con level?
3: I feel good. I feel good. I I think it's. It's in-ground pool is, is how I feel about this one. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, it's in-ground pool. I'm chilling. I'm feeling good. It's, like, not finished yet. It's, like, a, it's, it's you know, in the works, but it's there. And it's getting better. Wow. And once it's all built, we're all going to enjoy it.
2: Wow. <laughs> I honestly have nothing to add. That's incredible um so with nowhere else to go to go in the (laughs) pod tim um do you want to talk about our 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 plan coming up our 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 guest next week do we tease it i think you mentioned it in the the other pod but uh exciting stuff man
3: yeah yeah, I'm pumped. Uh, we will be joined by Austin Reeves next week. We're recording, and, and I also screwed up the date when I when I shared Incredible. it on the last pod. Uh, Incredible. Th- Thursday. On brand. It'll be Thursday, uh, unless something changes, unless there's uh, practice at the, the time. We will be recording with Austin Reeves, Hillbilly Kobe, and getting our questions together. Uh, definitely want to make sure we use that time wisely and, and get to, you know, like he's been asked. Uh, we, we heard Rondo talk about like, how he was asking him about like specific like you know top locking and things like that like these these dudes know their shit and and I really want to give him an opportunity to uh share some of that with us like not giving away any secrets but like hey like what are the teaching points on this or like what goes through your mind when you're when you're you know running this play or or approaching this situation we want to learn a little bit more about him as a, a person as a player his some of his background and what it's like to be with the team um especially this specific Lakers team so I'm pumped. Uh, and and you know, I'm I'm ready. It's gonna be a lot of fun time.
2: Absolutely, um, exciting times here on the Lakers Exceptionalism podcast. So stick around. We've got more plans to bring on other guests, other voices uh, in this, you know, Lakers media realm. So we'll be we'll be around probably three. Three people pods a little bit more often because coming season do some some game previews of some of the bigger games this week. We've got a lot we're thinking still hashing out the finer details, but we appreciate all of you. you know, thank you to everybody who's missing me on Twitter. We always appreciate the love, and you know I'm not going anywhere as much as Tim tries to you know figure out how to make a pod by himself. He still needs me
3: I do right, Tim. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm happy. You're here. This is the most fun I've had on the pod in in a little bit. So it's it's good to have you back.
2: It has. It's been a silly pod. Your Lefcon. Let me just. I mean, you just can't. I can't. Like, how do I react honestly to like, what was when you said roundhouse?
3: Yeah, the, like, I didn't make did... that one up. This this is if you go Google the Defcon... So the so no the one cares. Levels, That's the, again out, my point. Double it, take, <laughs> roundhouse, fast paced, and then pumped pistol. You,
2: you cannot not be researched and prepared. It's kind of like
3: I get so that's irritated. why you're not
2: good at dabbing somebody up. It's because yeah. that's like an intuitive thing.
3: That's, a that's good just point. like
2: a, here. My hand goes here because their hands going there. Yeah, there's no preparing for that
3: when people bring me on as a guest <laughs> for their podcast. And I don't have like an agenda to prepare for. I'm I'm I like I, I think I do well enough, but like it's not I don't I am so uncomfortable.
2: Well, we love you with all your quirks and we, you know, it should just be Tim's uh, neuroses pod. This is the the name of this pod, but thank you, everybody. We will come back next week and we are excited to share more pods with you. Coming season, new season. Let's go, Tim.
3: Yeah, I'm pumped. We've got a lot of good stuff coming up. We'll uh, we'll see you all next time. For sure. Talk to you later.